Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks the carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. have a rev racing driver sebastian arias calling in uh i know you and i were kind of chatting a little bit before this but um you know you have sonoma coming up so welcome to the show and uh you got a pretty big race come friday hi kyle thank you for the invitation yes uh i'm very excited and um i i am looking forward for for friday so you ran sonoma last year uh you know what what were some of your takeaways from the race uh you know it got cut short but uh you know what? What do you think of running that course? And and, and have you? Ever, and what I also wanted to ask was, have you run the long course there at Sonoma? I know you've seen it on television, but um, have you ever had a chance to run it? And if you've run both uh, layouts, I mean, what have you thought of them? Um, I, I really enjoy it. Actually, uh, Sonoma has become one of my favorite uh, road courses in America, and I've been to a lot. And yeah, I mean, last year we 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 had no luck. Uh, in the middle of the race, I would say, but it gave it, it gave me good experience um, about the track and 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 the the car, uh, the stock car on the road course. So uh, I I take it, I take it, and I, I would take that from 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 last year to this year. So we're gonna do a, a great job this year. So talk a little bit about your deal with Rev Racing. Um, it was announced you're gonna be running a couple of races. Sonoma, one of them. Uh, what kind of race are you expecting come Friday night? You know, there's some, there's a cup driver entered, there's a few Xfinity drivers entered. I mean, does that help you when you do run against those type of caliber drivers? Does that help you as a driver get better and, you know, racing around those drivers and learning how they race and how they, you know, how they conduct themselves on the track? So the way, the way that I see it is, uh, I mean, those those guys are amazing, of course, and 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 they are where they are because they, 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 how talented they are. But but to me, they are just another driver I need to beat, and I'm just gonna treat them as everybody else. I'm gonna try to be faster than them. But of course, of course, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and I will take the experience uh, for for Friday, and take it for the future as well. So you're doing some simulator stuff this week. Uh, I mean, w- w- what are you taking out of that? And uh, you know, be, you know, I, I know this will be your first start of the year. Uh, you know, what, what are you taking out of that simulator, simulator experience? And, and also, what were your thoughts of seeing 
know, the most recent most recent race at a, at a Portland, the Arca West race. Did you gather anything from that as well? Yeah. Um, well, so about the simulator, uh, it, it has been helping me uh, to be very consistent, um, to to hit my marks every single time. Uh, of course, to help uh, working on the tires because I know Sonoma is gonna be very hard for for that for us uh, on tire wear. So it, it's been really good. Uh, we've been working on that uh, very hard. Um, and about Portland, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was a great race. Um, I mean, everybody looks solid uh, for the road courses. So I, I am very excited and I am looking forward to to see how I am doing against them. Uh, yeah, what do you think of the practice sessions? You know, Do you feel like you get enough practice for these races? I, I know in the Cup Series you've seen the – the shortened uh, practice qualifying sessions. Uh, I mean, you know, do you, you know, you feel like you have enough track time when you go out there? I think there's, I think there's an hour practice for for the Arca West series. But um, do you feel like you get enough track time when you're out there, and then when you have that race in front of you as well? I mean, not really, not really. I I feel like, of course, uh, more more practice time will be better. Um, uh, like last year, last year in Arca West, we, sometimes we had a full day of practice the day before, which was great. But I mean, I guess it is what it is. We we will take it. I mean, it, it's not going to be an issue uh, just having 20 or 40 minutes of practice before qualifying. So we'll take it. So talk a little bit about your upbringing. Um, you know, what what wanted you to, to do NASCAR and, and race in, in the Arkham and Art Series? I mean, what 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 drove you to do that, and and want you to to you know race full t- full bodied stock cars? Absolutely, yeah. So I always wanted to be a a race car driver. I, so I am I'm from Colombia, and our local hero is uh, JPM Juan Pablo Montoya. I remember I was watching Juan. Uh, NASCAR, and I was about like six years old, seven years old, and I was watching him. And I remember when he won at Sonoma. I remember I was with my dad, and I told my dad, "Hey, I I really really want to make it. I I, I want to be a cup driver. I I want to race against Gordon and and Jimmy Johnson and Tony Stewart back in the day." And yeah, my dad and I, we we and my mom, of course, uh, we. We all uh, carry a journey, and here I am, I guess. <laughs> Just so you know, Rowdy does apologize. He's having a tough time calling in. Um, but uh, uh, talk a little bit about more about Juan Pablo Montoya. I mean, I know he's raced F1, Rolex, NASCAR, and he's come back, run open wheel. I mean, you know, you mentioned about the win at Sonoma, and, you know, that one as well. So, I mean, what what did you see, like, when he was trying to transition from open wheel to stock car and then going back to open wheel? What, what were your thoughts on that? Honestly, it, it, it was very shocking for everybody. Um, I mean, it, I think he, if he wasn't for Juan, I, I I wouldn't choose NASCAR because he was pretty much the, the, the bridge for me to know, to get to know more NASCAR, more about NASCAR. And then I realized about how fun these cars are, <laughs> and on oval, but also in road course. So it's 
so yeah, it's a big challenge. It's a it's a big challenge, and, and yeah, I, I love it. So who's been helping you get up to speed the quickest at Sonoma? Who who helps you out, and you know who's who, who's been helping you out get up to as fast as you have at Sonoma? Um. So, well, I I was there. <laughs> I I actually was there three weeks ago. I was practicing on on a spec Mustang. Um. So I I had two days of practice there, and I also have um couple friends that one of them he raced IndyCar a uh, couple years ago. His name is Sebastian Saavedra. He's from Colombia as well. He has helped me um, as well to get up to speed. And uh, another IMSA driver um, that is a friend of mine, we we all been pretty much practicing together in order for me to, to perform the way to perform on, on Friday. So you have the Arca West race coming up Friday. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the entry list here. You know, you, you're going to have a teammate. You're going to have Jack win the race. He raced it last year, like you did. Um, you know, but what I, want, I usually ask the Rev Racing drivers is, um, have you talked to Nick Sanchez at all? Um, has he been able to help you out? Um, I know he's been running the Truck Series. You know, Arca Champ. Um, have you talked to him at all on that, when you've been over at Rev? No, no, I, I, I have not. I mean, I, I know he, he's been very busy on, on his truck deal. And and I get how focused you have to be in order to get into the next race. So no, I I haven't had the chance to to talk to Nick. So what what kind of race are you expecting come Friday night? Uh, you know, 64 laps, 200 miles. Uh, uh, w- w- what do you expect? Um, you know, come the race, and you know, do you do you think you'll see a lot of give and take? I, I don't know if you saw it yet. Uh, Ryan Blaney was on a uh, Dale Jr. Download. And it was talking about that. I mean, what, what have you seen on the racetrack out there? Um, do you see a lot of give and take out there? Or is it more taking than giving, or giving than taking? <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so what, what what do I expect from the from the race? I, I feel like it's going to be a very very fun race, uh, racing against the Cup drivers and the Xfinity drivers. Of course, uh, even the Arca guys are are fast. So I feel like it's going to be a very 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 um, Interesting race. Uh, of course, we're gonna give it all. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a fifty-fifty. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everything, and of course, I'm gonna try to take everything from the from from the experience that I'm gonna get from the race. So. So my next question for you is, uh, you know, you've seen the speed in the rev racing cars. I mean, are, how 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 are you looking forward to being in that car, knowing how much speed that they've had Daytona, Talladega on the Arca side, and um, you know other racetracks as well. I am. I I am. We the guys as Rev have worked really hard to get my car ready for for the race, and of course, I mean, Rev Racing has history of performing, and so I am very excited to to debut. With with refs, uh, Friday. Sebastian, let's take a minute to thank all your sponsors. Shout outs. Um, who would you like to thank, and you know who helped to get you to this point? Absolutely, I do want to um, thank Radio IFS, Rubbermaid Commercial Products, Petco, Wiley X, Beyond Energy, and Interface Entertainment uh, for making this happen. 
I am very proud to represent all those brands and hopefully taking taking these guys to Victory Lane on Friday. Sebastian, where can they follow you on social media? How can they keep up with your racing season? Absolutely. Um, you guys can follow me in, on Instagram at Sebastian Arias Racing. So uh, and Facebook as well, Sebastian Arias Racing, and then Twitter, Sebastian Arias O. Sebastian, Rowdy and I want to thank you for coming on the Rowdy Maglide Show. Uh, best of luck to you Friday night, and uh, hopefully we'll be chatting with you soon here. Thank you so much for the invitation, Kyle. All right, thanks, Sebastian. Bonjour, welcome. Thank you all very much for being here today with us, media and fans alike. Uh, my name is Josh Hamilton, and on behalf of NASCAR, we are very honored to be here this week at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Um, we have a very special announcement, as you know, and to get right to it, I would like to introduce David Wilson, the president of TRD USA. Thank you, Josh. Can everyone hear me okay? Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Bonjourne, konnichiwa, and good afternoon. Um, I'd like to start by welcoming our global and domestic media friends, as well as all of these awesome fans that have joined us for this special announcement. Um, before we get going, I would as well like to recognize a few of our distinguished guests who are in attendance today. Uh, Jim France, CEO and Chairman of NASCAR. Uh, Ed Bennett, CEO, CEO of IMSA, um, Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer of NASCAR, uh, John Doonan, President of IMSA, and Mike Helton is in the audience. Mike, uh, Senior Advisor to NASCAR, thank you all for joining us. Um, really appreciate your support and partnership, and a big shout out to your team who helped let us do this today. This is really cool. So without further delay, let's get on to the excitement that brings us all here this afternoon. I'm honored to introduce the driver of the number 67 Toyota Camry TRD, Kamui Kobayashi. <laughs> Kamui will be driving our uh, Toyota Camry at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course on August 13th. Kamui, of course, has a day job. He is also the driver of the number seven Toyota GR010 hybrid and the team principal at Toyota Gazoo Racing Europe. A WEC champion, a Le Mans winner, a two-time Rolex 24-hour winner, just to name a few. TRD, Toyota, our partners at 2311 couldn't be more proud to have you, give you the experience with NASCAR 
at such a historic track as the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Welcome, Kamui. Thank you, David. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. Thank you for David. Uh, yeah, once again, I say Josh and Jim and Anaska, thank you very much for this opportunity. I was long time looking forward to have an opportunity in Anaska. The OBC, I think we had a quite different culture in the motorsports uh, from like Japan, European race to NASCAR. But I think this time, I think NASCAR had been changed the car and I knew that many drivers trying NASCAR. I had a very, you know, the positive feedback about the new generation of the car. So I think uh, this time I'm really proud to be in this project and thanks for this opportunity to the USA. And, you know, I think uh, to announce in Le Mans is a bit special for me because this is special, the 100 year anniversary in Le Mans. But obviously, I think that the, the motorsports is global, is come more together. And then I think this announcement for me, it means like something really new challenge, new chapter. But definitely, I think this challenge will come out for Toyota Gazoo Racing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Uh, We're going to take a few media questions, and then we'll do some photos with the car. But uh, four questions. If media have questions, please raise your hand. We will bring you a microphone. And if you could please start with your name and your affiliation so these gentlemen know who they're speaking with. We'll start right here, Jenna. Jenna. Hello, hello. David, why was it important to do the announcement here for Toyota? Well, Jenna, um, we've been working on this assignment actually for a couple of years. Uh, Kamui has become a friend and we're, we're doing some really neat collaborations elsewhere, but um, you know, we understood that it was his dream one day to race in NASCAR. And so with, um, you know, with, his, with his great new next-gen uh, Camry TRD, um, the, the stars in, in planets started to align themselves. And then the next question is, well, where could we announce it? Where should we announce this? And it dawned on me with, um, you know, with Kamui's record of success, um, him being a team principal of Toyota Gazoo Racing Europe, um, to do it on this global stage at the biggest sports car race in the world and, and to have the confluence of, of global sports car racing with NASCAR, um, with the support of uh, Jim, Ed, John, uh, Mike, it all came together and it seemed like uh, a terrific opportunity. If you could just talk a little bit about wanting to race in NASCAR, how long you've kind of thought of this as a great opportunity, and, uh, and just talk about how nice it was to get the deal done and to be able to come. Yes. Uh, well, I think thank you very much for the question. Uh, actually, my really, the memory, first racing on TV was actually NASCAR. Yes. When I was like four or five years old, my memory. And I say, wow, that's cool. And I say, the first time when I raced the go-karts, obviously I didn't know the Formula One. Any race car running, that was a race car. And I say, I want to be a race car driver. And at the end of the day, when I remember, what I saw when I was really young was not the race, because it was over. And that's really cool. And I remember highlight one day to, to race in NASCAR was my dream. At the end of the day, I think when I was young, I knew the Formula One, I understand what Formula One is. It's, 
I went there, I drove there, and then still I dropped to Formula One. I say, I still I want to be a dream NASCAR driving. I think this will be, I think, the biggest challenge in my dream. And that's why I always try to be asking to David to have this opportunity. And actually, I think in the simulator a couple of years ago in the USA. And uh, yeah, was in the Bristol. It's very strange track for me. It's small, it's challenging, but uh, still I enjoy. And it's, it's been quite different. And uh, I always keep saying I want to try. And that's uh, finally make it happen. Jerry Jordan, Jerry Jordan kicking the tires that net. Can you, Kobayashi, can you talk about uh, choosing Indy versus some of the other road courses and the preparation you'll have to have to race that course? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I would say uh, I have a still racing, remaining racing, and also I'm doing the Super Formula as well in Japan. So obviously, to find no crashing schedule as a part of race in NASCAR, it's it's quite tricky. And also, we need to have a reading time to you know have a simulator session, seat fitting, a uh, couple of test days probably. I think that makes not fit at all for any other track. And only when we find this IndyCar track. So, you know, if I have more chance, definitely I wanted more. But unfortunately, with my schedule this year, I think this is the only one we found it. Yep. Kamui, James Newbar from Autosport. Do you foresee this as a, an opportunity, a sort of a first opportunity for, for more Japanese drivers to follow in your footsteps in, in taking part in NASCAR at the top level in the future? Thank you. Uh, you're talking about NASCAR in the top, top category, NASCAR, what do you say? Yeah, for the Japanese, right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, you're right. I think uh, last Japanese driver being NASCAR Cup Chief, it's when, it's 25 years ago? Something I like that. I think it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, okay, sorry, 20 years ago. So it's quite a while, actually. You know, honestly, I think, uh, yes, as I say, it's different culture, the motorsports, NASCAR, to the, the our racing in Japan, for example. But still, I would say, in this time in globally, when you look at the motorsports, it's Japanese people to be in the, the motorsports or the sports in United States is something big dream, we always say. When you look at uh, the baseballer, it's like uh, Shohei Otani is very famous in Japan, but he's been famous in United States as well. We always call uh, American dream. And I think that's what we need to make door open. I think this is a, I really want to try because NASCAR is one of the biggest sports in the United States. And that's why I think always, you know, if I have opportunity, I think this is where I want to try. So I'm really proud to be here to announce, it's not full season, but even, you know, this one races, I think this opportunity is important for me. Thank you very much. We will now move on to photos. Just add a couple more people and we'll get started here. Awesome. Let's kick it off. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week as we welcome Eric Almarola, uh, driver in the number 10 Smithfield Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing. In addition to his Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race at Sonoma, 
You'll also be driving in the DoorDash 250 NASCAR Xfinity event on Saturday. So we'll get right into questions, um, if any of you all have any. Mitchell, kick us off. Eric, as mentioned, you are running the uh, Xfinity Series race this weekend. How much of a um, benefit is that to you to get that extra track time at Sonoma? Um, I don't know that it's super beneficial, to be honest. Uh, I just love that road course. Um, of all the road courses that we run, it's my favorite. I run the best there. And so um, having the opportunity to run an Xfinity car there, um, something that, you know, is new uh, for that series. I just thought that it would be a great opportunity and, and something uh, for me to go and do. And, and I think it is slightly helpful just to get some more reps um, at the road courses because with only 20 minutes of practice, you don't get a lot of laps in the cup car. Um, so just being able to pick up, you know, little things here and there on the racetrack um maybe helps a little bit, but the cars are so different nowadays, um, you know, with the, the brakes, the way the cars drive, uh, the transmission, all those things, that a lot, a lot of it doesn't really correlate at all. Thank you. We'll go to Bob Pockris next. Yeah, Eric, how do you feel like you guys are doing as far as, you know, everybody it appears the Fords have, were a little bit off on downforce on the intermediates. Where do you feel like you are? And did Laney's win at Charlotte give you guys any maybe extra either hope or direction? Um, I, I think that we have potential in our cars, right? Um, Blaney at Charlotte showed that. Uh, I still think that our cars um, are really aero-sensitive in traffic compared to the other manufacturers. Um, you know, Blaney did a great job of executing for all 600 miles and, uh, never really lost his track position. So when you, when you look at that, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's a key component of it. I feel like our cars have the capability and the potential to go fast, but one of the things we're continuing to work on is, is just making our cars raceable. Um, it seems like, uh, we, we don't quite have that figured out as, as well as the, the other manufacturers as far as being able to, to race in traffic. I know that all the cars are, are bad in traffic, um, but it seems like we tend to be a little bit worse in traffic uh, than our competition. So that, that's one of the things that we're continuing to, to strive to get better at um, is, is making our cars better uh, in dirty air. Um, but we certainly know that we have potential um, to make our race cars go fast. Um, you know, we just, we got to execute. And I feel like one last thing to add to that is I, is I feel like um, as a manufacturer, if you talk to all the Ford drivers, I feel like our, our window is pretty small. Um, if we hit it, we hit it. And if you're slightly off, you're really off where it does seem like, um, the competition has a little bit bigger of a window um, to, to, to be closer to hitting the setup. And uh, is there anything that you noticed from Coda with a road course race without uh, cautions at the stage breaks and how you think it'll be different at Sonoma this time? I think at Coda, it, 
you know, made the strategy a little bit more straightforward. Um, and, and now I think it's going to be the same at Sonoma. When you look at the race and the, the strategy play for Sonoma, it makes the race relatively straightforward um, with where you're going to pit. Um, there's a, you know, couple lap window here or there on, on what you're going to do for strategy. So it, it, it really takes away, um, in my opinion, from the, the strategy aspect of it. Uh, you know, la- last year at Sonoma was a perfect example. Uh, we went there and, and we had a really good car, but we chose to score as many stage points as we could uh, with this position that we were in in points going to Sonoma. And so we finished fifth in stage one. We finished second in stage two uh, because we elected to stay out on the racetrack and score stage points. And then, you know, after the stage breaks, we had to come back through the field on, on newer tires compared to the other guys that pitted a couple laps before the end of the stage. And so we, we, we constantly battled uh, from poor track position, driving through the field, and then staying out at the stages to score points where now there's not that opportunity. Um, so it doesn't really jumble up or mix the field up as much. It's, it's more about qualifying well and then just making sure that you pit when you're supposed to pit. And um, just uh, do you have any sort of timetable, like where you feel like you have to make a decision for next year, or is it pretty much just kind of slow and fluid? I think it's still very fluid. Uh, I don't, I don't have any timetable. By this time last year, um, the what I thought was going to happen ended up not not happening. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's still um, just get up every morning and and continue to work hard at being the best race car driver I can be and. Um, we'll see where things shake out. Thank you. We'll go to Trey Downey next. Hey, Eric, after the off week, we head to Nashville. The first year there, you sat on the pole, ran in the top five all day. Last year, kind of a middle-of-the-pack run. Um, just how different is that track in the next-gen car, and do you think you learned anything last year that can, you know, maybe get you to have a similar performance to what you had in 21? Uh, I do think we learned some things last year at Nashville um, where we missed the setup and and where we felt like we were off. So I I do look forward to going back there. Um, I I really enjoy that racetrack. It's a track that I I liked a lot when I ran trucks and uh, Xfinity races there. And then first time there in a cup car, uh, qualified on the pole, ran top five. So it's a place that I really enjoy um, running at. And I hope that, uh, you know, we learned from some of the things we felt like we did wrong uh, last year with this new car that um, will make us better. And then this weekend at Sonoma, we after that, we've still got three more road course races before the playoffs, Chicago, Indy, and Watkins Glen. Um, just where do you think your overall road course package is as a team right now, and where do you think you are as a as a road racer? Um, well, I'll, I can grade myself first and say that I am a, a average um, at best road racer at most road courses, um, and and at Sonoma I'm a B plus. Um, I would say Sonoma is hands down my best road course. And I feel like that's because it's not really one of those racetracks that you can attack because the surface and the way the tires wear out, um, you know, it's it's more of a rhythm racetrack and a, it's kind of flowy and 
you can't really attack the racetrack or you'll abuse your tires and, and really pay a, a huge penalty um, after five, six laps on tires. And, and I do better at that. Um, you know, even short track race in Richmond, Loudoun, um, you know, those places like, like that, that you have to take care of your stuff. I tend to do much better at and the places that you have to, you know, be overly aggressive and really attack the racetrack and attack the braking zones um, are not my best places. And so road course racing, um, you know, those, those racetracks that you have to really attack the braking zones and do all those things, um, I tend to not be as good at. And, and I feel like as an organization, um, we have a lot of room for improvement uh, to make our road course stuff better. Um, you know, I, I think that we have been average at best as an organization with this next-gen car um, at most road courses, not all of them, uh, but at most of them, we have struggled to make our car, um, you know, get in the braking zones as hard as um, the competition. We've struggled to get the Ford drive off of the corners um, to, to, to compete. So I, I think there's a lot of things um, that we can do better for sure. Do you have any idea where Chicago will fall in that in terms of like, is that going to be one where you're going to have to be super aggressive? I imagine so with probably the lack of passing opportunities there. Yeah, I think Chicago's certainly going to be a racetrack that you're going to have to be very aggressive. Um, you, you know, the the surface is going to be very interesting uh, where they've repaved or where they've not repaved. Uh, what we've learned so far in the simulator um, is that it's pretty low grip, uh, what we think, and it's pretty rough. And there's a lot of tight, blind corners. Um, going to have to be really aggressive in the braking zones, get in the corners deep, but still make the corner. Um, and, and there's a huge penalty at Chicago compared to all the other road courses that we go to if you don't make the corner. So I think you're going to have to not only be aggressive, but you're going to have to be conscious of how aggressive you are uh, because the penalty for missing the corner at Chicago is going to be far greater uh, than missing the corner at most road courses. Most road courses, if you overshoot the corner, you run off into the grass or the gravel a little bit. At Chicago, you're going to crash. You're going to hit a wall. Thank you. Let's go to Eddie Kalegi. Hey, Eric, Eddie Kalegi, Motorsports Today. Uh, you talked about earlier the enjoyment you get racing at Sonoma Raceway, and we talked about the changes with the stage breaks, but another change the track has had over the last few years is going back and forth between the carousel and the chute, the chute, then the carousel for two years, back to the chute. I'm curious for someone who's run both of the layouts where you kind of fall on that debate. I love the chute. Um, the carousel was cool to, to do it for me once just so – I could say I had that experience to run it like they used to run it in the old days uh, when Ricky Rudd, um, you know, and Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace and those guys would, would duke it out there. But uh, for me, I, I absolutely love the shoot, and I love that it gives you that opportunity um, to, to make some passes getting into turn seven uh, if you get off of turn four well. And you know, the carousel just never really presented that opportunity with the cars the way they are nowadays um, versus the old days. Our cars are so much more aero sensitive. And so going through the carousel, 
was so tough to run to run behind somebody that you would give up too much of a gap off the carousel to whoever you were racing with that you didn't really have that opportunity um, to make a pass into turn seven and outbreak them. Where now with the turn four, you know, hopping that curb and going over the other side to the other curb, there, there's a lot of opportunity um, to maintain uh, your your position um, relative to the car in front of you and, and then have an opportunity uh, to, to outbreak them getting into turn seven. So I love the short shoot. Thanks. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks. Let's go to Chris Osborne. Hey, Eric. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome Brock Beard to the Rowdy Maglite Show. Uh, no Brock from a, a while back. Um, no of him. Uh, we haven't met yet, but uh, welcome to the show, Brock. Uh, thanks for calling in tonight. I know you got a busy weekend coming up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. Now, I'm, I'm going to get to the questions first. Um, you know, what was it like doing the starting grids? I, I, I know, you know, I know you get asked it a lot, but you know, what, what was it like doing those starting grids for YouTube? You know, for those three years, I know you were, you were, you know, you were at a point in your career where I know you were trying to become a lawyer, and then, uh, and I know you were doing the starting grids, and I know that was a lot for you. Oh my goodness, that's definitely taken me back quite a bit. <laughs> Have to remind myself sometimes how long ago that actually was. Uh, but, yeah, no, the starting grids were a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it, it it never ceases to amaze me how different YouTube was back then versus nowadays. Um, you know, I still do the grids every once in a while here. Um, I kind of tie them in with my Patreon here. So whenever uh, we hit a goal, I usually uh, do a bonus grid on top of the 500. But uh, they were a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was it was kind of – I uh, after a while, I kind of treated them like kind of my weekly show on YouTube uh, to kind of uh, – increase the replayability of it um but of course having fun coming up with nicknames for drivers introducing new teams uh, that was kind of the peak of that where you had a lot of uh starting park organizations and new organizations coming in i think today it would be real challenging to kind of do the same thing with the charter system and, and whatnot um but it was a lot of fun and and, and you mentioned yeah the uh, law school deal um, yeah, that was the thing. I was um, I, I did get my law degree there at the end of that in 2011, um, and uh, you know took some runs at the bar exam. But uh, the California bar exam is just as difficult as uh, everyone um, everyone says that it is there. And really, by that point, I kind of reevaluated things. And last car had kind of gotten to a point there where it, it kind of was taking away a lot, kind of my focus, and uh, decided to just kind of commit to that. And that's kind of where I've been uh, ever since. Talk a little bit about your last car deal. Uh, I know you and I were, were kind of chatting yesterday about it. You know, Brad Perez, uh, gonna, you're going to be having your last car decals on the car at Sonoma in the Xfinity race. Uh, yep. You know, so so what's it like being a, an auto racing rider and being a media member, being able to go and cover your home track that you've been able to do for so long? Oh, it's so much of a pleasure. I mean, uh, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, it kind of ties into your previous question there, you know, after, um, you know, I, I, and I'm very thankful for the experience I've had at like law school and uh, being able to kind of get um, that education there. Uh, and at the same time, I feel like it's kind of informed my own unique uh, angle with last car and everything. I think one of the big things I learned from law school is how to be kind of persuasive, even when you're describing the facts of a situation and I feel like that kind of integrates into whenever I talk about these last place finishers or stories that happen at the same time. 
Um, and there's a way to kind of, you know, show people that, well, these teams are actually very interesting and there's a lot of little details that happen with them. Uh, and I feel like uh, with uh, the Emerlin Gase team is a perfect example of it uh, this weekend, joining with them and Brad Perez, as you mentioned, on the Apex Coffee Roasters number 53, getting the logo on both the B pillars of that car this weekend. Uh, we actually did sponsor Brad Perez last year as well in the Truck Series race when he was driving for Josh Realm. Uh, had a small logo on the uh, rear deck lid uh, of that truck. Um, so, but this time, yeah, hopefully get even more uh, visibility on the side of the car. And, and it means a tremendous amount to me uh, to answer your question there, especially from my home track. I uh, live about two hours away from the, uh, the racetrack there. been going there since 1992. Um, you know, hardly missed a race there since. Uh, but to see the logo going around the track there at the same time and also be able to help, what, uh, uh, you know, I believe a rising talent in the sport as well as an underdog team, uh, the opportunity is, is too uh, alluring to pass up, and that was certainly the case with this. Rock, I want to ask you about your fascination with Jerry Nadeau. Um, I know that's where you found him, was at Sears Point after he qualified second in the Bill Elliott Dan Marino car, and then uh, he went off course. So uh, talk a little bit about how you, you were able to discover him and then follow him up until uh, up until the end of his career. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, 1998, when he was driving the Elliott Marino machine, I was sitting in turn seven watching qualifying. Uh, just a fan back then. Um, you know, I mean, I, at that time I was uh, 15, 16. I was somewhere in high school at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd always kind of liked Ricky Rudd and Derek Cope and other drivers, uh, you know, that uh, are kind of um, um, names, but still drivers that are kind of are underdogs in another uh, respect. Uh, but Jerry was the first one that I really followed from very early in his career. And I think uh, he's always had kind of a special, uh, you know, place in, in my memory of the sport, uh, following him through those ranks with uh, the Elliott Marino and then uh, with uh, Melling and then getting over to Hendrick. And, of course, that huge 2000 season and breaking through with that first win. Uh, and each year, uh, Sears Point was the only race that I went to during that time. So every year I got to see, like, his career progress and, uh, get better rides and, um, you know, the, the good times and the bad. Um, you mentioned him running off course in 98. Of course, you think about 2002 when he was leading with uh, the Petty Enterprises car, uh, the Buckshot Jones formerly drove, uh, had the rear end fail, coming to the white flag while leading, um, and then uh, unfortunately never got another chance at it because his injury at Richmond happened about a month before the race, and his car was on the pole with Boris said in 2003. Um, but I've been very fortunate to uh, correspond with him. I did that video in 2019 talking about his career and, and going through some old fan club material that I uh, collected back then. And, um, you know, to be able to share that with people and, 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 uh, you know, feature a driver in that way. Um, I think that's kind of altered the course of my channel where, you know, yeah, you mentioned the starting grids. Now it's much more, uh, driver features and historical retrospectives. And I feel for uh, older fans here, especially for younger fans that either were too young to remember that time period or have only heard it secondhand. Um, I like to, the opportunity to be able to bring that alive for people, and, and Jerry Nadeau's story is certainly one of those. My last question for you is uh, the term road course ringer. Um, we've seen a lot of drivers come over, you know, with the announcement of Kamu Kobayashi, uh, you know, Josh Balicki, you know, I know AJ Allmaier is running the Cup Series full-time, but, you know, he's been a ringer at, at times as well. So where where do you think that ranks today? You know, when you do see drivers like Kimi Raikkonen, Shane Van Ginsburg, 
Um, you see those drivers try to come over and at least, uh, you know, try to get some t- a taste of NASCAR to see what it's like. Oh, I think it's tremendous. I mean, I wish we could see more, even more of it than we are seeing because, again, I think the charter system and the limited number of full-time uh, rides is has kind of curtailed it a, a little bit. I mean, it's great that we are seeing, you know, drivers like this, like the ones you brought up there, including, of course, Andy Lally coming back this weekend uh, with the Rick Ware racing entry. Uh, but I was really hoping we'd get some international teams in here. I mean, unfortunately, the uh, the Hezeberg team, uh, it seems like they've scaled back. I know Josh Rion was involved in that, and it looks like they're kind of, uh, I'm sure the shop fire probably played a role in, in what's happened since then on that. Uh, the three friends racing team, I'm still waiting for them to make their debut uh, from Germany. Um, and I'd love to see that at the same time. I want to see these teams really be able to compete against these uh, top teams out there. And, and while they still can with the um, the novelty of the next-gen car and, and the cup teams uh, still kind of figuring it out. But in the meantime, yes, it's fantastic. I think I think that the way that the car is designed and the increasing number of road course races that are out there, uh, it's really kind of attracted a lot of attention of drivers that, you know, are either uh, newer, uh, you know, maybe not newer road course drivers, but ones that haven't yet had the opportunity to run NASCAR like Kobayashi uh, and also ones like Andy Lally that we haven't seen since 2011. Um, I'd love to see uh, what, you know, a guy like Boris said or Robbie Gordon or Ron Fellows would think about these cars, uh, although I'm not sure how possible that's going to be uh, for them. Um, but I, I, the opportunity to get uh, to see some new talent in the sport that we don't usually see uh, has always been exciting. Certainly, as a longtime Sears Point attendee, I'm, I'm very much used to uh, seeing some new faces pop up around the track uh, there. But um, uh, the chance to uh, perhaps also see some veterans that maybe we haven't seen in a few years is equally exciting. Hey, uh, Brock, you got Rowdy here. You know, coming from the road courses. I, I, you know, the streets of Chicago coming up here pretty soon. I, I kind of look forward mm. to that. Well, certainly. I mean, that's going to be a very interesting um, event uh, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, we haven't really seen the Cup Series tackle a street course. We've seen other NASCAR sanctioned events uh, years and years ago, Southwest Tour events or Winston West Series um, um, way back in the day. Um, but, uh, you know, we saw, you know, an exciting IndyCar race in the streets of Detroit, uh, this last week here, they're trying to do some stuff out there and I'm sure NASCAR is looking to compete with that as best they can. Uh, it does seem like it's a very big gamble. Um, you know, there's some high ticket prices there for the event. Um, you know, a new venue, although, you know, of course we've had the oval outside Chicago that, uh, that NASCAR has run on in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, how are these cars going to handle very tight confines out there? Um, what, you know, what kind of crowd are we going to get, uh, for this event and what's the potential of, uh, running other street courses and, 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 you know, making it feasible to, uh, set things up in, in other places. I think NASCAR has really looked at trying to bring races to the fans and, um, you know, uh, Steve Phelps, uh, at the, uh, at, uh, his state of the, uh, sports speech at the Phoenix last November, uh, he couldn't stop talking about uh, this Chicago Land Street, uh, the Chicago Street Course race, uh, it was easily the thing he's been the most excited about. So, um, you know, we'll find out. Um, I, I, I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, will happen, but um, you know, uh, it's it's going to be a toss-up because it's going to be something very different. Well, kind of slowing it back and throwing it back to Osco, 75-year anniversary. They go back to North Wilkesboro. I think that was a home run. What what are you what's your thoughts on 
on that, Brock. Oh, absolutely fantastic. I hate that I wasn't there. We actually did um, uh, acquire a ticket for that race and was making preparations for it. Unfortunately, the logistics didn't turn out there. Otherwise, I would have absolutely been there for that event. Um, it looked like – I mean, I, I've been to the throwback weekend at Darlington a couple times. This looked like that – um, you know, even more so. Um, it looked like so much fun. Everybody there uh, was having a great time. Uh, it sounded like even the traffic egress worked really well. I know that was a big concern a lot of people had coming into the event, um, you know, the infrastructure, logistics, and everything. Um, but, um, you know, I, I know it didn't have, you know, an absolute slam, bang, you know, um, uh, 1992 one-hot night kind of race. Uh, but you can't you can't count on that. I mean, you can you can you can set up the situation as best you can. I like what they did with long runs and, and tire wear. I think that's much closer to a traditional Wilkes Barre race, and, and indeed a lot of old races. I mean, you had drivers winning a race by a full lap, like Jeff Bodine did, or races without cautions, or races where Harry Gant leading three quarters of the thing, trying to get five wins in a row. That's very typical. Uh, and I'm, I certainly hold out hope that, you know, I think maybe the all-star race isn't necessarily the best venue for Wilkes-Pro as much as a success. I do believe this event was, uh, I think if we get back to a 400 lap race there and you really see some tire strategy and you really see drivers hanging on and trying to, um, endure, um, a long race out there, I think you'll see, um, even more of a throwback, uh, to Wilkes-Pro and that's an event that, um, I, if it does happen, that's something I'd certainly love to uh, witness firsthand because I, I never got to see it back in the nineties other than just seen on TV. Well, I got to go to the last two Rockingham races. I'm going to tell you what Rockingham is a good place to see a race. Oh, wow. Well, I, I envy you because that's, that's the one that's on, uh, on my list too. Closest I came to that was driving by there with the, uh, the grass overgrowing in the parking lots there, uh, on the way to Darlington. Um, but yeah, I, I love that there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the funds that went to Wilkesboro, some of that's gone over to Rockingham. We'll see what happens, you know, as the schedule kind of comes together. You know, is this going to be uh, the potential of having, you know, a cup race there, or are they going to get the all-star race? I mean, who knows? Um, I think everything's on the table right now. We're even talking about bringing back Montreal for the road course race, um, you know, here uh, from uh, the latest rumors this week. Um, so I think, uh, as to, you know, when these are going to get kicked into the schedule or whatever, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to all find out at the same time, but yeah, Rockingham's another track, um, that, uh, I think puts on fantastic racing. I mean, we just need, you know, tire fall off. I mean, tire fall off is just like with Wilkesboro. It, it makes these races really compelling. And, uh, you know, it's, it really kind of, I think it tests more the physical limits of these drivers, uh, not just the, uh, the mental aspect of it and the, the technical acuity they need to actually compete out there. Well, I was fortunate enough to be at Worldwide Technology. What's your thoughts on that, on that race, the cup race? You know, I, I like Gateway. I think it's I think it's an interesting track. Um, I uh, I have fond memories of of the many good races that, especially in the Truck Series. I know it's got a very long history in the Xfinity Series too, uh, but especially the Truck Series. I've I've really enjoyed the races out there. Um, I think this year's uh, that Endfinger one was another um, fantastic one out there. Um, and you know, again, I I think that maybe similar to Wilkesboro, there's some things they could work on with the tire. I know Denny Hamlin was very outspoken about that podcast, but, um, you know, I think that that's something that, 
um, you know, hopefully that can be figured out and can make it um, even more competitive. I am concerned about the uh, the brake failures that we saw in this past week's race. I would have loved to see Carson Hosevar uh, be able to cash in with a great finish for how well he was running in the first half of that race. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly what we, with what we've seen with NASCAR trying to figure out the uh, situation at Talladega with the, um, the damage we saw in Larson's car, um, I imagine they'll be taking a closer look at the um, set of circumstances that led to uh, these particular part failures uh, at Gateway. Because I think other than that, um, you know, I mean, in spite of all the late, late race restarts and Kyle Busch seeming like he had that race pretty well in hand, even if they did 30 restarts, um, it's a unique track. And I, I think, you know, if you have enough tracks that are, are different from one another, um, that's going to keep uh, keep people watching to see how well these cars and these drivers handle it. I hear, and uh, kudos for Grant Enfinger getting the Kyle to go take Noah's place this coming weekend at Sonoma. Certainly. I, I can't help but still feel bad for Noah. I've been actually wearing my, my Noah Gregson hat throughout this week here because I know he was really excited about running this race. Uh, when he won that um, that uh, Arco, uh, Arco West race uh, out here at Sears Point a couple years ago. Um, yes, it was under circumstances where Ryan Priest uh, was accused of jumping the start, and I'm sure that's another reason that he's running the race again this year. Uh, but I would have loved to see what Gregson could do in that car, and I, and I hate to see that team struggle as much as they've had this year. I know uh, Gregson wanted to put it much more to Ty Gibbs and have a really good rookie battle this year. Unfortunately, in, sp- in spite of the fact that Gibbs himself has not been all that spectacular, it still feels like it's been kind of one-sided. Uh, but I certainly hope he's doing well, and, and uh, you know, hope, uh, hopefully we'll see him in uh, Nashville here after the off week and uh, and so forth. But uh, for Grant Enfinger, as you said, yeah, I mean, huge opportunity for him. He's never started a cup race. I remember in 2011 him trying to qualify for Seneca Motorsports there and um, uh, the same race that Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards are battling for the championship. Uh, it's been that long since he's even sniffed the cup ride. Um, so I think this is massive for him. Um, I'm sure the, the GMS connection there with the, um, the uh, legacy team is, I'm sure, what facilitated that. Uh, but he's a driver that uh, could still be exciting to watch, um, especially since he was able to run the truck race last year. Um, so um, between him and uh, Zane Smith uh, being relatively new to the Cup Series, um, they're going to be two to certainly watch on the entry list. Brock, I, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us tonight. Uh, my, hopefully my next I, – I know I've been approved for Pocono. I don't, oh, fantastic. That, that Pocono track is one awesome place to go be part of for uh race weekend i don't know if you've experienced that but it is one super super for track oh wow that's so exciting no i haven't done it yet i've been i've, I've traveled through pennsylvania before been to gettysburg a couple times uh but i uh, haven't stopped over in uh, long pond yet that's definitely one that's going to be on our list uh but yeah i'm going to be covering sears point this weekend and my next uh planned one is going to be uh, the championships in phoenix we may add either Las Vegas or uh, Kansas later on this year, but that's still kind of up in the air. But um, we're always looking to do other tracks, so I'm always open to recommendations, and that's that's a strong one. Brock, we appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can follow and keep up with you. 
Certainly. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, the best place to check it out, uh, my Twitter feed, at LastCarOnBrock. I'll be providing updates throughout this race weekend. Also accompanying me at the track will be one of our staff writers, Ben Schneider. Uh, his Twitter feed is at BCSchneider53, also on Twitter. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the website, at patreon.com slash LastCarOnBrock. Get you some bonus content and some Last Car stickers. Uh, I have some other stickers I put in the eBay store uh, this week. Links are also on the website. Um, I'm also active on YouTube. I do live streams 15 minutes after the finish of each race. The Sears Point one is going to be the day after the race. That'll be, uh, again, just look up Brock Beard on YouTube, and you'll find that content there. And then, of course, the main hub is LastCard.info, covering the last place finishers of Cup Xfinity and Truck Series races um, on that website, and as well as my book on Derek Cope that's coming out later this year. So it's a very very busy year this season, and uh, I'm sure I uh, hope your listeners are interested in some other content because they're going to get plenty of it. Brock, man, thanks for the time tonight. I've enjoyed the show. Thanks a lot for being part of it. Hey, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for both for uh, having me on. All right. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, everyone. We didn't get to Landon Lewis. We'll have him on Monday morning. But we do have a link for the show, y'all. I want to thank Brock Beard for being part of the show tonight. Thanks, Brock. Does a great job on his YouTube programs. Everybody get on the wheel, man. It's uh, Sonoma Raceway.